I'm Fausto Salinas Jr. with FNT Farms and Cattle Company, Sullivan City, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. So why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today... Congress will have a very short time frame to complete the 2023 Farm Bill once the Congress finally convenes next month. Is that enough time? We asked that question to Texas Congressman Mike Cloud, who sits on the House Ag Committee. We'll have that story coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. If you compare our situation now with where we were back in the summer... Drought conditions in the Texas High Plains have improved, at least in some areas. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. There is a recall of certain lots of Top of the Rockies alfalfa cubes produced by Manzanola Feeds in Colorado. This after dozens of horses have died or fallen ill after possibly eating contaminated cubes. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have an update on Texas Ag Today. This is James Duncan and Marshall's fall weather has been warm. Winter pastures are tempting us to graze. Preparation for spring planting for the producers of vegetables is underway. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Congress will have a tight deadline to get the 2023 Farm Bill done next year. We will have divided control in Congress with the Republicans taking the majority in the House, possibly adding to the difficulty of getting a bill done. Texas Congressman Mike Cloud sits on the House Ag Committee. I asked him, is it realistic to expect the Farm Bill to be completed in 2023? You know, I've talked to the committee staff, I've talked to the chair, and we're certainly going to give it the best effort we possibly can. You know, we'll spend the first quarter kind of focused, in a sense, in an audit, so to speak, of looking at what's working, what's not working. I know inflation is going to be a big concern for a lot of people and the, the reference prices on a lot of the crops are going to, you know, need some looking at. Of course, there's a number of other priorities we've just outlined, you know, with our our team and from our office's perspective that we've been hearing about that we'll be working to make sure to get attention throughout the process. But we'll give it the best effort for sure. Cloud says he feels the Ag Committee didn't make much progress on the Farm Bill in the past year, so there's a lot of catching up to do now. U.S. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack is keeping up the pressure on Mexican officials to back off of plans to ban imports of GMO corn. We hope 
two things. One, we hope that we continue to see corn that's produced in the United States to Mexico, and we hope to see consistency and adherence to the terms and conditions of the USMCA or a process in which we trigger the dispute resolution aspect of the USMCA. Vilsack says he will continue to work with the U.S. Trade Representative's Office to resolve the situation under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement. The use of antibiotics in cattle is coming under increasing scrutiny, with cattle producers encouraged to be very judicious when using antibiotic products. But mass treatment of high-risk cattle is still an accepted and necessary use, according to Dr. John Robinson with Beringer Ingelheim Animal Health. Metaphylaxis is widely accepted, and it's, frankly, it's necessary because of the challenge of cattle not being prepared for the stalker and feeder environments from a respiratory disease prevention standpoint. Metaphylaxis is a great opportunity to address cattle in the medium and high-risk categories to prevent catastrophic losses associated with BRD and the negative association of BRD on the health and performance in those cattle. Robinson hopes that technological advances will continue to be made when it comes to quickly identifying bovine respiratory diseases, hopefully being able to do that shoot side while working cattle at some point. That will allow cattle producers to more accurately target only those animals that need treatment. If you compare our situation now to where we were back in the summer, drought conditions have improved in much of Texas. James Hunt has that story from Amarillo. As we discussed yesterday, it's kind of iffy as to how soon we will exit the current La Nina weather pattern and transition to something that hopefully will provide more normal rainfall. Parts of the area actually did have a little better luck with precipitation over the fall months, and Mike Gittinger with the National Weather Service's Amarillo office says when you look at drought recovery progress across the region, you can see some areas are faring better than others. Some of the southeast panhandle is, is in, I'd say, only in D1, which is moderate drought. I mean, that sounds, that kind of tells you where we're at. And then there's still some pockets of D2, severe drought in parts of the west, but when you go into the northern panhandle, they're even in the categories of D3 and D4 still in that northern row of Texas, and especially the Oklahoma panhandle, which is extreme to exceptional to those highest categories of drought. Looking forward, wildfire potential is always something to have in mind, and ironically, the areas that have received more rain recently could be more vulnerable to that threat. The northern panhandle with the drought doesn't have as much grass fuel. It's below average. But the rain that we talked about in the south, we've pumped up a little bit of grass fuel. We're pretty close to normal. It's nothing above normal, but we're at least normal, which we weren't maybe the previous year. So there is some grass fuel to burn out there, and then we get into February, March, and April if we are maintaining that dry pattern. One of the biggest hazards here is the potential to have like these fire outbreaks. So be careful for that as we move through the late winter and, and early part of the spring here as long as we do hang on to more of a dry pattern. Once again, that was Mike Gittinger with the National Weather Service's Amarillo office. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A mysterious disease continues to impact horses in our area. Tom Nicoletti tells us experts have narrowed down the cause. 
My guest again today is Waco veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd, and uh, he has an update on a story we reported last week about a disease impacting horses in Louisiana and possibly other states. Uh, Dr. Judd, what is that update? Last week, we talked about there were at least 13 horses in Louisiana that had uh, died from this undiagnosed disease. As of December the 19th, there have been over 100 horses affected and 45 horses are reported to have died. Now we do know a little more. It is believed to be botulism, although that is not confirmed at this point. However, there is a feed company in Colorado, Manzanola Feeds, and they are recalling certain lots of the Top of the Rockies brand alfalfa cubes, as they believe the cubes may be contaminated with botulism. Now, this product has been sold in several states, including Louisiana, Arkansas, Colorado, Illinois, Kansas, Missouri, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Texas. And there are certain lot numbers that are being recalled. You would need to check with Manzanola Feeds about which lot numbers are involved. So if you're feeding any of the Top of the Rockies brand alfalfa cubes, stop feeding them and check with Manzanola Feeds in Colorado, the manufacturer of the feed. At this point, we still do not have a diagnosis. Again, it is believed to be botulism, but we don't have the definitive test back yet. It is important to know that we should stop feeding this feed If you do have this feed, be careful handling the feed yourself. Avoid handling the cubes and use disposable gloves, a face mask, and disinfect any feed containers with 1 to 10 household bleach for 20 minutes. That is Waco veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. East Texas farmers have enjoyed warmer temperatures this fall, at least until this week. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. In the East Texas area, the return to warm fall weather makes East Texas feel like East Texas, even though the early cold and frost changed the color patterns and the holiday mood uh, came in a little bit early with the kaleidoscope of beauty that we have here in East Texas this year. It does tempt a producer to turn in on that planted pasture early because that grass has really been growing, but don't do it is the advice from the forage specialist. Wait, let it grow. It needs a stronger root system to handle the tramping and the pulling of the grooves out. So wait just a bit more before you turn your cattle in on it, even though it may look tall enough, it's not deep enough as far as the roots are concerned. So let's wait a minute before we do something rash. The market in the uh, beef cattle industry looks good here in this area, and the futures market make it look really interesting for spring prices. A recently held auction competition at a local livestock market was well attended. Producers and the cattle enjoyed the festive atmosphere. The winner advances to the next round in competition, and it it just really was a great event. People just wondered at all of the majesty of the different chants that went through the ring that day. So now we're thinking spring planting still, growers are going to be in preparation all winter long. And right now, it's onion planting time. Full swing in the jackpot early shows throughout the wintertime. Major shows are on the way. 4-H and FFA members are preparing for a big spring. This is James Duncan reporting for Texas Ag Today. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is proposing a change to fishing regulations that would clarify a pole and line limit for community fishing lakes. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And some dogs have a tendency to eat foreign objects. 
Texas veterinarian, Dr. Bob Judd, has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau health plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Some dogs have a tendency to eat foreign objects. Dr. Bob Judd says this usually causes major problems. The term pica refers to ingesting abnormal objects that have no nutritional value and likely end up as foreign bodies in a dog's intestine, leading to a possible obstruction. This is a major problem in dogs as ingesting foreign objects is common and many times leads to emergency surgery, which is costly and can include post-op complications. And many dogs seem to eat foreign objects constantly, even after surgery has been involved for previous episodes. And we wonder why these dogs ingest these objects. We personally had a little dachshund that we rescued from a shelter, and that dog would eat anything. So we had to puppy-proof our house, and it seems some of these dogs have a mental issue that causes them to eat objects. In fact, many behavioral disorders like hyperactivity or obsessive-compulsive disorder have been proposed as a cause of foreign body ingestion. A study was performed that examined the records of dogs that ingested foreign bodies, and the dogs were divided into three groups. The first group was senior dogs with no previous history of ingestion of foreign bodies, older dogs that occasionally ingested foreign objects, and younger dogs that regularly shredded and ingested non-edible objects. It was previously thought that gastrointestinal abnormalities could be related to ingestion of foreign objects, but the study showed that 88% of the dogs that ingested foreign material had behavioral abnormalities instead of gastrointestinal pain and discomfort. And shredding objects is linked to hyperactivity or anxiety. So if you have a dog that is shredding objects or ingesting foreign material, a behavior consult is recommended. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is proposing a change in fishing regulations for community fishing lakes. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. On our last show, we told you about a few proposed changes to freshwater fishing regulations for the 2023-2024 season. Michael Tennant, Regulations and Policy Coordinator for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, told the Parks and Wildlife Commission that some of the proposed changes would impact community fishing lakes, or CFLs. Those are lakes that are located within city limits, a public park, or state park. One of the proposed changes to fishing regulations would continue largemouth bass special exceptions for selected CFLs, which have not yet been determined. And it would clarify the two-pole and line limit for CFLs and man-made structures within a state park. Current pole and line restrictions allow game and non-game fish to be taken only by pole and line and or employ no more than two pole and line devices at the same time for a variety of public water bodies. The potential change would continue existing pole and line restrictions and clarify restrictions for CFLs 
and 10 state park lakes that would no longer be defined as CFLs and add restrictions to Deputy Darren Gofarth Park Lake. Hole-in-line restrictions are recommended where fishing pressure is intense to minimize angler conflicts and distribute fishing opportunities. The proposed rule change for CFLs follow a CFL angler survey conducted in 2021 to evaluate angler participation and preferences and angler confusion regarding the fishing regulations. The goal of this evaluation was to develop simplified regulations that would be easy to understand and enforce while enhancing fishing opportunities and to address angler preferences. TPWD will present proposed changes to the Parks and Wildlife Commission at their January meeting. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Live cattle closed lower in Tuesday's trade. However, feeder cattle and cotton closed strongly higher. We'll check out all of Tuesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a mixed trade in the cattle complex on Tuesday with live cattle moving lower while feeder cattle were strongly higher. December live cattle dropped 22 cents to close at 155.05, February down 47, 155.57. April down 27 cents at 159.65. Feeder cattle market higher with January feeders up $1.52, 183.62. March feeder cattle up $1.22, 185.02, while April feeders were up $1.18.47. Cash fed cattle market still quiet so far this week. Feedlots here in the South asking 156 and better. Boxed beef prices were mixed Tuesday. Choice up $1.25 at 26508. Select down 418, 23439. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Jody Fry is our guest today. Jody Fry, producers in Cargyle, San Angelo. How'd the cattle sale this week? The last cattle sale of the year ended with 1135 head on a really good market. Better quality calves and yearlings, calling those another 3 to $5 higher. Slaughter cows and bulls, even the thinner flesh cows gained some ground today, especially the high-yielding cows, calling those at least $1 to $3 higher. Limited number of replacement cows selling about steady on today's market. Better quality steers weighing four to 600 pounds from 150 all the way up to a high of over 220, mostly 165 to 185. Uh, six to 800 pound steers, better quality steers from 130 up to a high of near 180, mostly 140 to 165. Better quality heifer calves, four to 600 pounds, 135, all the way up to a high of near 190, mostly 145 to 170. Slaughter cows, average to high yielding from 60 to 70, had several of the highest yielding slaughter cows from 72 to a high of 80. Thinner or lower yielding type cows, 33 to 57. Slaughter bulls, 70 
73 to 89. Very few of those highest yielding slaughter bulls today on offer, but they traded from 90 to a dollar. Great cows and heavy bred two-year-olds. Average to better quality, a few young cows, uh, just singles, medium to heavy bred, anywhere from 800 to a high of 1225. Just one more sheep and goat sale, right? That's right. Everybody's geared up for next Tuesday, the 20th, last sheep and goat sale of the year, expecting a good market. They expect some of the buyers actually to be here that, that attend the other weekly auctions and uh, look for a good market, especially those folks in uh, Houston and Dallas. They need animals to fulfill those orders, you know, throughout the holiday period. Jody, tell everybody how to contact you. 325-653-3371. My mobile phone would be 234-7895. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report for today. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures trade now where lean hogs finish lower. February hogs down $1.45 at $84.25. April hogs down $0.82, cents, $92.17. Class 3 milk was lower Tuesday. December milk down $0.02 cents at $20.51 weight. January milk down $0.22, cents, $18.85 Cotton market sharply higher on Tuesday. A weaker U.S. dollar questionable production in India and Pakistan, and an improving technical picture all helping out on the cotton market on Tuesday. March cotton up 376 points, 87.84. May cotton up 319 at 87.15, while new crop December cotton was up 225 points, 83.66 cents. The corn market moved higher in a quiet trade on Tuesday. March corn up four and three quarters, 652 a bushel. New crop September corn up two, 609 and a quarter. The big cold blast moving through the high plains helped to support wheat prices in Tuesday's market. March Kansas City wheat up three and a half at 847 a bushel. New crop July up three, 834. Soft wheat was slightly higher. Nearby March up two, 750 and a half. New crop July up a quarter penny, 762 a bushel. In the energy markets, January natural gas down 49 cents, 535. January crude oil up 83 cents at 76.02 a barrel. The financial markets slightly higher Tuesday afternoon. The Dow up 156 points at 32,913. The Nasdaq up 19 at 10,565. The S&P up 12, 3,830. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.